temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, 96.5 TIC-FM and Light 100.5 WRCH. Aaron Kupek with you this Sunday morning, and we are pleased to be joined by Marissa Gillette. She is chairman of the Connecticut Public Utilities Regulatory Authority. Good morning to you. Good morning, Aaron. Thank you for having me. Pura is the agency that regulates utilities in Connecticut, and regulators are going to work to look into the extended power outages caused by Tropical Storm Isais. Tell us how that process is going to unfold. Sure. Um, It's definitely the question of the hour. So, Um, Pura is a small uh, state agency that operates a lot like a court. We're a quasi-judicial agency, which means that you can think of myself and my two colleagues, the other two commissioners, as judges. So we have to unfold an investigation that will take place this fall uh, where the utilities, as well as any other party that intervenes in the proceeding, have an opportunity to present evidence, um, uh, offer sworn testimony, and do cross-examinations on the topic of the preparation and response to the storms. Uh, So we're guided by a statute that dictates that we have to do this investigation and provide um, an opportunity for all parties to be heard. Um, So what you'll see this fall is a couple of uh, public comment hearings where we go out into the community and we hear from the elected officials and constituents. Uh, And then we'll probably have about a week or two, maybe even two, hearings um, that are the evidentiary hearings I just described, followed by uh, the commission will take back, we have our own staff, um, and we'll likely hire an independent consultant to assist with this. Uh, And we'll go back and we'll take all the evidence um, and compare it to uh, the standards and guidelines that the utilities are supposed to be held to um, and come out with a decision, hopefully by the end of the year, um, early next year. Now, I know you have said that the utilities will have their their day in in court, but what was your initial reaction to the response to the tropical storm? Yeah, I'm I'm trying to be circumspect because uh, you you don't want to judge prejudging things, or or maybe you do um, in this case. Uh, But I've been very vocal about the fact that this is the first storm that I've experienced with the utilities since moving to Connecticut, but it's certainly not the first storm that I've been through as a regulator. Um, As you may know, I was a regulator in Maryland before moving here. So I have to say that my reaction um, to watching it uh, unfold uh, as a customer of Eversource myself 
um, was one of uh, sincere disappointment. Um, I I was totally um, uh, underwhelmed uh, by watching it play out in real time after spending the last year hearing them talk about all the investments um, that they've made. So, uh, you know, they're going to have a, a steep hill to climb um, uh, in terms of convincing the regulator and the public that uh, both UI and Eversource were adequately prepared for this storm. What sort of findings could come out of this review? Could there be sanctions against the utilities? There could. So uh, PIRA, as I mentioned, is is bound um, by a complicated statutory framework um, that's enacted by the General Assembly. But one of those um, statutes allows PIRA to issue civil penalties um, to any of our regulated entities after we make a finding um, in an investigation um, that that the utilities didn't um, uh, weren't prudent in the way that they uh, spent money or prepared. Um, they also have you know pretty detailed playbooks that we review ahead of time. The emergency response plans. Um, so if we review their response against the way that they told us that they were going to prepare and restore power, and find that there was a deviation between those two. Um, that finding could lead to uh, pretty severe civil penalties, which are not recoverable from ratepayers. They they have to be uh, borne by the shareholders of the utilities. You mentioned that other groups are, are allowed to have a, a part of the hearings. So far, what groups have you heard from that want to be part of this? We've heard a, a lot of interest from um, towns officials, which I really encourage. Um, I think what a lot of folks don't know is there is a statutory party that represents consumer interests in our proceedings. Um, the Office of Consumer Counsel, uh, they are tasked with representing the interests of all consumers in Connecticut. So, um, uh, you know, they'll be appearing in our proceeding. The Attorney General has um, signaled his uh, intent to um, participate in our proceeding. We also recently received um, a motion to intervene from um, cost and from CCM. Uh, and I imagine a number of other towns and elected, elected officials will, um, will join us shortly. Now, there have been calls by elected officials and others for Eversource in particular to issue some sort of refund to ratepayers or to at least pay for food and medication spoilage from the extended power outages. Does Pura have any purview in that regard? You know, I wish we did. And it is one of the things that I've been in talks with um, the chairs of the Energy and Technology Council or Committee of the General Assembly um, to rectify in the next legislative session. Um, right now, our authority is limited to issuing civil penalties or um, we could penalize them in their next rate case by docking their ROE, um, which would affect the rates that folks pay in the future. But um, we don't currently have the authority to order restitution. So if I interceded right now and said, Eversource, you will um, compensate customers for food spoilage and medication loss, uh, they would take that um, as a signal that they are going to get cost recovery for doing so from the very rate payers that we're trying to help. So. Right now, we're relying on elected officials to put that pressure on um, the utilities because it's not unheard of. We have a we have Con Ed in New York signaling that it's um, going to reimburse customers over five hundred dollars, um, and that money's coming from their shareholders. So um, I'll, I'll join everyone in in urging you know the utilities to do the right thing. But 
when I tell them um, or say out loud on programs like yours that they they must do uh, must provide that compensation, they're going to take that to the bank. And I'm certainly not interested in giving them any more excuses to raise rates at this point. With that said, Eversource has come to regulators in the past after major weather events and asked for ratepayers to bear a significant portion of restoration efforts. And, you know, there was a recent SEC filing from Eversource saying it expected that the storm recovery would have no material impact on profits for the company. But it's not saying whether or not it, it plans to come to regulators and say, hey, we need ratepayers to foot part of the bill for this. Is that something you're, you're expecting to see? Yeah, based on past practice in Connecticut, I understand that the utilities uh, normally approach regulators after storm events and seek recovery of the cost that they spent to prepare and restore power um, from storms. Um, like I said uh, earlier in the program, uh, this isn't the first storm that I've been through um, in the state of Connecticut. So um, I I would encourage them um, to think about their their next moves because um, it's a it's a different regulator in charge this time and um, and I wouldn't uh, I would urge them to think carefully about their next steps. As you noted, you, you come from Maryland where you had a similar role. What are your thoughts about how we react to these major weather events in Connecticut? It's the land of steady habits. And we have, in some cases, gotten the label that we're, we're kind of complainers when it comes to, to things such as this. Do you think an outsider's perspective is helpful in, in determining, you know, how things should go forward in terms of regulating utilities? I think that's a great question. I'm, I'm very hopeful that an outsider's perspective is going to be um, appreciated and needed here uh, because the, the year that I've been here... Um, has been uh, full of um, uh, lessons uh, that to be learned and a lot of insight into the areas of the energy policy world in Connecticut that, that I think are um, you know somewhat broken and I've been vocal about that over the past year. Um, but with that being said, I think uh, you know Connecticut ratepayers have a lot to be angry about and. I don't know that any customers in any state across, across the country or in the world um, would be satisfied with the lack of communication and transparency that we've seen over the past week. Um, I, I've, I've wondered quite a bit over the past week whether customers are angrier about the length of time it took to be restored or if they're angrier about the lack of communication and transparency about how long it was going to take to be restored. Yeah, Eversource had um, I'm, I'm harping on Eversource here, but UI certainly had its missteps um, that will be investigated. But, you know, Eversource's outage reporting system was down for the first several days. So when you're having trouble communicating with your customers about basic tenets of your responsibility, um, I, I think that Connecticut as a whole has a right to be angry right now. Governor Lamont has mentioned that he believes that incentives for utilities to respond to weather events adequately are, are poorly aligned. How do you think the system might be improved? I, I've spoken with the governor about this, and I agree with him. Um, in October, we PIRA launched its equitable modern grid proceeding, 
uh, which is um, which encompasses what the governor discussed earlier this week, um, which is called performance-based rate making. Uh, he brought when he recruited me to the state. Uh, he let me know that he thought the price per kilowatt hour, um, which is the you know highest and uh, of the highest in the country, um, we had a frank conversation about if if customers are going to pay that, they deserve the value um, for that rate. And uh, the the state of the grid in Connecticut um, is is just not it's just not where it needs to be if we're going to continue to rely on electricity as the backbone of the economy. Um, so the proceeding that we launched last October has eleven different tracks, and uh, it's looking at ways to modernize the grid, make it more accessible to all customers, and also make it easier for customers to. Um, to get off the grid if they, you know, if they feel that um, that's the, the better fit for them for one reason or another. And uh, through those 11 tracks, we'll be focused on aligning the utilities incentives with the direction um, that the state wants to go. Uh, and um, that performance-based rate making will be continue to be a focal point um, of that investigation. You are listening to Face Connecticut. We are talking to Marissa Gillette, chairman of the Connecticut Public Utilities Regulatory Authority. Eversource has spent hundreds of millions of dollars on so-called grid hardening measures. That includes vegetation management, bigger poles, more brake-resistant lines. Are, Are there other approaches to making a more reliable power grid that haven't been pursued in Connecticut? There are. Um, in Maryland, we pursued, we also had a 2011 storm called a derecho, which was a, um, which I think the Midwest recently experienced, maybe even earlier this week, very intense uh, windstorms. Um, so we pursued a slightly different tact in, in Maryland, which included um, pr- proposals to do strategic undergrounding. Um, and that's something that I want to take a, um, a look at. Uh, this fall as part of our equitable modern grid proceeding. Um, you know, I think not to second guess the regulators that were, um, you know, here before me, because I, I think they were faced with a different different set of facts. But um, what we're doing right now is we're, we're looking towards a future, including this fall, that have an accelerated number of storms. So if we are talking about having to rebuild our grid um, with poles and wires, uh, every couple of weeks or, you know, twice a year, whatever it is, um, conversations about undergrounding those wires um, strategically. So maybe the wire from a rural wastewater treatment just to the backbone of the grid. Um, that is one example of an approach that I don't think that we pursued in Connecticut because previous cost benefit analyses uh, didn't seem to indicate that it would bear out. And I'm telling you, I think we have a different set of circumstances now. Um, that it's time for a fresh look at that that solution in particular. Is part of the issue also how things have changed in Connecticut in terms of utility regulation and how the company in Eversource's case is set up? I you know think back 20 years ago with deregulation, Eversource used to own Millstone. They used to generate power. They've gotten out of the gen- power generation business. They've merged with you know, a Massachusetts-based company and have dual headquarters in in Boston and Hartford. And now it seems they are relying more on outside contractors as opposed to employed 
line workers to, to make repairs after big weather events. I would agree with that. Um, you know, I'm reminded of uh, comments from Joe DeLong from um, CCM's uh, press release earlier this week in which um, I, I think he was, I, I hope he was expressing some confidence in my ability as a regulator. Um, I have been working with CCM quite a bit since I got here, but he also took the time to note that he was concerned about Pura's um, resources and, um, and statutory ability to hold these companies accountable. And um, I appreciate that kind, kind of conversation. I think it's one we need to have. Um, Connecticut, like many states across the country, deregulated, as you noted, 20 years ago. And when, you know, as deregulation implies, that removes um, some teeth from your regulatory agency. So, uh, you know, to be frank, it, it doesn't matter how good I am at my job. Um, there are definitely things that we could do to empower uh, me and Pura um, to hold the utilities more accountable. And um, those are conversations that we're going to have to have with um, our legislative partners uh, going, going into next session. Now, all of the outrage over the response to the tropical storm comes on the heels of outrage over higher electricity bills that many Eversource customers received. Pura is also investigating that. Is that a, a totally separate matter? I sure hope so, because I've definitely seen some comments on, um, you know, on social media wondering out loud whether Eversource's, um, you know, preparation or response or their eye wasn't on the ball for the storm because of um, Pura's decision to suspend the, the rate adjustment the week before. Um, I, I, you know, that sounds um, like a conspiracy theory, but I, I, I would just say that I, those two things better be separate, and I'll leave it at that. And how will the review of the distribution rates unfold and proceed? So we have already announced there's, there's two finite um, issues. The, the rate adjustment that um, customers saw in their bill July 1 um, is uh, set for a hearing in um, Eversource's territory on August 24th. We are holding a hearing in um, the UI case, but the rate adjustment um, that UI requested was a, a month delayed, and Pure actually denied that. Um, so we'll have a hearing to understand the UI, um, the UI implications. But um, both of those hearings are set for the end of this month and early next, and after that, uh, Pure will come out with a decision about whether the utilities um, uh, have to stay at the June rates as we've ordered uh, currently, or if they can make some adjustments for the end of the year. Um, separately, the governor and um, our, our partners in the legislature um, have asked Pura um, to take a more holistic look at rate making. It's a conversation that Dave Arconti and I had um, dating back to February the, the rate making process in in Pura is, or, I'm sorry, in Connecticut is much different than what I was used to in Maryland, and it's been something that I've wanted to dig into since since arriving. Um, you know, it's not acceptable that customers um, don't understand what's on their bill um, or, or can't. That we should be able to demystify the rate making process so that everyone's empowered to. Um, participate in it. And um, that that's just unfortunately takes some time and it's going to have to proceed on a 
parallel path to our, our storm investigation at this point. I know it's a complicated situation, but can you explain in a nutshell what was behind the increased rates that, that upset many customers towards the, the end of July? Eversource said it was related to a power purchase deal with Millstone along with increased usage. Is there credence to that? You know, um, we made, the Pira made the strategic decision um, to stay a little out of the conversation as it unfolded because I don't want to, um, I don't want the companies to ask me to recuse myself when when I have to sit for this um, hearing. But at this point, I think I've seen so much misinformation come out from both the utilities and uh, Dominion that I'm getting a little frustrated um, as I'm sure customers are, um, you know, PR usually speaks through its orders after a full investigation. But I'll tell you right now, um, I'm happy to correct some of the things that that have been floating around the past couple of weeks. You know, Dominion's been saying, well, it can't be us because our price per kilowatt hour is actually lower than standard service. Um, that is is false. Okay, Dominion has a contract. We have a contract with them for energy. And your standard service generation rate is a full requirements product, which, and um, to put to put it simply, uh, includes more than just energy. So it's not an apples to apples comparison. Um, the utilities and you know others have talked about how the pandemic and increased usage uh, contributed to the higher bills, and um, you know there's some truth to that. Uh, most of the components on your bill are. Um, volumetric, which means that they're charged in a price per kilowatt hour. So um, if you increase your usage, both your supply and your delivery portion of your bill are going to increase. Now, I'm not saying that's right. I, I'm just trying to explain mathematically you know, that's how it is right now. Um, and that's something that we can look into changing. Um, the other piece of what I think is going on here and is going to be part of our investigation uh, is that the July 1st, the rates that changed on the bill July 1st, that wasn't actually um, a quote-unquote rate increase. It was a rate adjustment um, where we uh, allow the utilities, historically in Connecticut, the utilities have been allowed to twice a year make an administrative adjustment to certain rates on their bill in order to reduce the carrying charges um, that are, would otherwise be associated. So what we think might have happened is that the utilities, um, Eversource in this case, uh, may have um, you know, overestimated the price per kilowatt hour that was needed to um, equal the amount of money that they were approved to recoup. Because um, when you take that price per kilowatt hour and you multiply it by um, the forecasted usage for the rest of the year, um, if your forecast for usage is way off, then you're gonna get, uh, you're gonna get to the end of the year and have a different um, a pot of money at the end. So I apologize. I feel like I need to start journaling schematics. Um, I know that's difficult and uh, to, to follow. And that's part of, um, you know, part of what we're hoping to demystify in this, you know, subsequent rate making process, because you, you, everyone should be able to un understand how your rates are made. And, and I feel like I'm still not at that point where I can deliver, um, deliver a succinct, uh, you know, accessible answer. Now, Pura, order this temporary rollback in the case of Eversource. And we've gotten questions from some listeners. If they have already received these higher bills, is there the chance that they might get a, a credit down the road or something? 
yes. So the um, the components on the bill that increased, they're called reconciling components. So when we get to the end of the year, um, every year, if the utilities have collected more money through that reconciling component than they were entitled to, um, that translates into a credit or an offset to the to the subsequent year. Um, so what you know, I definitely want customers to understand that um, you should pay your bills, uh, and that if um, you know you, you need to pay what you were billed in July, if you, if that's um, if not that's not tenable for you right now, then we've ordered the utilities to provide 24 months. Um, payment plans. And if hereafter the investigation finds that that money was over collected, when we get to the end of the year, that would translate into a credit or an offset to the next year's um, rate components. She is Marissa Gillette, chairman of the Connecticut Public Utilities Regulatory Authority. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Aaron Kupek. Enjoy the balance of your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on and podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.